haven't had notices. And if you weren't here at the start, the kids are still in, and you're probably wondering what on earth is going on. So we're mixing things up today. Kids are in this morning, and today is our serving Sunday. For those of you that have been around a while, in the old pre-COVID days, we used to regularly have serving Sundays where we sort of found out about the opportunity to serve in the church and basically worked out practically how we were going to do the next six months of church life in terms of Sunday mornings. And so we're going to be doing that this morning as well. So that's what we're doing. Um, we're going to, um, Amanda's kindly going to get me a prop to appear in a minute, which is great. So I thought I'd try and set myself a challenge this morning of preaching to time it to have a two-minute silence at the right time with the kids in and trying to do an illustration with a volunteer as well. So we'll see how this all goes. So um, I feel like I've set myself up slightly, but thank you very much. Um, Andrew, could you pass me up a chair as well? Actually, that'd be really useful. Um, so I need a volunteer this morning. Andrew's on standby if no one else volunteers. But um, I'd rather have a volunteer that wasn't Andrew um, because I'm, I'm going to wash someone's feet. So, um, and I feel Andrew's feet might not be the nicest to wash. So... Um, <laughs> So I don't know if any children or anyone else would like to volunteer. You're looking very reluctant. Oh, Annie, would you like to volunteer? Well done, Annie. Let's give Annie a round of applause. Right. Glenn, you're welcome to come up as well if you want to. Cool. So, um, Annie, if you want to take like shoes and socks off, if that works. You got tights on. Didn't think this was... <laughs> Glenn. We'll, okay, we'll do a quick costume change. Glenn's gonna. <laughs> oh, all the best they found. They say that you shouldn't work with um, animals or children, don't they? So we're doing all the all the sensible things today. So, um, so yeah, we're going to look at the story of Jesus washing his disciples' feet. So um, you're welcome to look at that in the Bible. We're looking at it in John. It's in John 13, if you want to have a look at it. And we're just going to talk that story through and see what we can learn from it. I think it's one of those stories, like a lot of, wow, that was a really quick costume change. Could work. (laughs) Cool, come and have a seat, Annie. And we'll see how this works. So we've got a bowl of water here, which you're very lucky because Amanda Cole has kindly sorted this water out, so it's warm and not scalding hot as well, which... um, was the danger if I had anything to do it. And there's a jug of water too to pour over. So we'll read the story and we'll just think about what happened. So, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper. He laid aside his outer garments and taking a towel, tied it around his waist. I won't try and tie this around my waist, it's far too small. Then he poured water into a basin like this. So he pours some more water in, pours some over your feet. Is it a nice temperature? Well, that's good. And he began to wash his disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. Now, I just want us to think about this story as we talk about, go through it. So, if we think about this, in biblical times, people wore sandals. So they weren't wearing nice tights and trainers and they hadn't had a nice bath before. So the disciples all walked in the dust. They'd probably got poo and mud on their feet. Have your feet got poo or mud on? No, that's good. So, and so when you were washing the feet, you were washing off like mud and poo and really disgusting things as they went. The roads were dusty and so it wasn't a particularly pleasant job but normally it would be the lowliest servant that would wash feet as they went into that house. So you can imagine they all went in for their for the supper. They were expecting a servant there to wash feet but there was no one there. But there was the bowl of water and the jug at the side and the disciples they didn't dip their feet into the water. They didn't wash each other's feet. 
I mean, it's only been a few days before they were arguing about who was the greatest of the disciples, who was going to be the greatest in the new kingdom that Jesus was ushered in. Surely now they weren't expected to go to the level of a servant. So they just approached the table where the dinner was, was sit, sitting back, reclining. like They always ate laying down in those times, which I always think is quite challenging in itself. But they laid down, sitting there, probably maybe started to snack on the food. And the basin was just there by the door. There was water and there was dirty feet, but there was no one to do the job. I just want you to imagine the gasps in the room as Jesus rose from the table, took off his outer garment and wrapped a towel around his waist and knelt at the first disciple's feet. I just want to like, think, actually, we know this story, but just think actually what it was like. Their leader, their teacher, doing the job of the lowliest servant. This perfect man in an imperfect world. When he rose from the table and did that, I imagine there were gasps around the room as he went to loosen that first disciple's sandals. There was probably quite a heavy silence as well. Sort of, is he actually going to do this? Is he going to wash our feet? Maybe we should have done it. What are we doing? We're letting our master do this. And then just think what was going through Jesus' head as he was doing this. What was he thinking about? Was he thinking about the fact that he had poured out his life for them for the last three years, teaching and training them? Was he thinking about the fact that he was going to be shortly pouring out his blood on the cross for them? Imagine he took his first disciples' feet, he took Philip's feet and started washing them. And what was he thinking then? Was he thinking about the times he'd served with Philip, the times that Philip had talked, asked him about, well, how are you going to feed these 5,000? We don't have the money to do it. Then coming to Peter, and Peter, I love Peter, he always puts his foot in it in any way, shape, or form. But this was the one time he didn't. But he was like, he came to Peter, he said, you'll never wash my feet. And then Jesus said, if I don't wash your feet, you'll have no share in me. Wash my, and then Peter says, wash my head and hands too. Jesus says to him, the one who has bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not every one of you. And you just... Imagine as he took his feet, remembering the conversations he'd had with him, the time that Peter was the one to say, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. He might have been thinking of that when Peter walked on the water towards him and then lost faith and started to stink. All these things. Or he might have been thinking a bit more sad about the fact that he knew that Peter would deny him three times over the next few days. Took all disciples' feet one by one took John's feet, put them in the basin, and think, well, what was he thinking then? Was he thinking about the fact that John would be there for him and for his mother at the foot of the cross? All these things going through his head as he's washed their feet one by one. Each of these people were set apart, chosen by him, and he served them all in that way. Just give you one more little rinse and then we'll dry your feet. Let me get down. There you go, we give your feet a dry. Been a very good volunteer. <laughs> And they've got nice, clean feet. Make sure they're dry, because otherwise you won't be able to get your tight back on, will you? There you go. Is that okay? You want to get down? Brilliant. We give Annie a round of applause. Thank you. I'll make sure I stand far enough away from that water that I don't kick water over the stage, because that would not be good. So, we've got this story. And then after Jesus has done that, what does he do? He turns and says to um, them, he says... I have loved. So he turns to them and says, um, You call me teacher and Lord, and you're right, for I am. If I then, your Lord and your teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do this as I have done to you. Jesus served his disciples. Actually, we see that. Throughout their journey with him, he serves them and loves them, and he models this, and then tells us, actually, we should do the same as him. 
The ultimate model of this is obviously how Jesus served us by pouring out his love for us, his life for us. We see that, don't we? I love one of my favorite passages in scriptures, Philippians 2, verses 6 to 8, where it says, Jesus, who being in his very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself, becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. So this is who we're following. We're following the servant king. He set us this example of how to serve, and he did it in the ultimate way. He served us by laying down his life for us. We can reflect on this lots, and we can reflect on it probably even more today, can't we, as the people around the country are thinking about sacrifice. A lot of us have got poppies on today because actually we're thinking about what that means. We often think, and I think we do think in our society, it's the ultimate sacrifice to lay down your life for someone else. And today we reflect on those brave men and women um, who over the time have laid down their lives for their country in different ways. We see this as the ultimate act of service. When we think about the two world wars, actually in total there was 76 million people lost their lives across the two world wars. And that includes over one million British soldiers. And actually this wasn't a sort of, we don't just think about the world wars, authors they are. Actually since the wars, there's been another 7,190 British troops that have died in active service. So actually still today, there's people laying down their lives for others in our service. And I think we can reflect even more really with the last 18 months and where we've been with COVID about the people actually now in our, in, who have, in our society have been laying down their lives in other ways, actually willingly going onto the front line, doctors, medics, other people too, like even shop workers and delivery drivers that actually were willingly still putting themselves in harm's way to serve and to love others. And so we think about this and we think about that today. As an undergraduate, I studied history and sociology and I really found the stories of soldiers in the trenches in particular in World War I just really shocking. I was sort of 18, 19 at the time at Union. I was thinking about these were men my age and younger. Actually, people signed up before they were 18 because they were so willing to want to go and serve the country. And actually, the reality of what that meant in those trenches and just being sort of cannon fodder almost, of being sent over and over again um, into no man's land again and again, and actually generals knowing that these people would die, but actually that was just what people did. And they did that because they were doing that for their country, for their families, for their friends, to, to win us the futures that we have today and the peace that we enjoy in this time. So I think it's really important, actually, when we're thinking about sacrifice and serving, we think about and remember the important jobs people do today. So we are going to take a couple of minutes now before we carry on just to reflect on those brave men and women that have served the country. And I think that's really important. So I'm going to ask people to stand to do this, if that's okay. And we will just spend, I'll set my little timer, we're just going to spend two minutes in silence and then we'll sort of come back into this. So, okay, we'll start some silence now. Yeah, God, we just want to thank you for those people throughout history that have willingly gone and sacrificed themselves and laid down their lives for others, Lord. Actually, we thank you, Lord, that we see that throughout the throughout history of human conflict, Lord. People have willingly done that to protect their friends, family, and loved ones, Lord. And we thank you for that. We remember them, and we thank you for their sacrifice, Lord. And we just pray today for all those that are affected by conflict currently. Lord, we just pray, Lord, that you're with them, Lord, 
you protect people, you're with families that are grieving loss, Lord. You're the ultimate comforter, you're the prince of peace, and you know what loss is like more than any. So, Lord, we just pray for people that are struggling today with different things around that, Lord. Especially those that have lost loved ones as a result of COVID in this last few and last year too, Lord. We just pray, Lord, that you're with them as well this morning. Amen. Amen. If people want to take a seat, that'd be great. Just yeah. So um, we talk about laying down soldiers and that they lay down their lives for people. And laying down your life for friends, families, or countries is an amazing sacrifice. But I often think about what Jesus did on the cross because he laid down his life for the very people that were nailing him to the cross. I think that's amazing in itself, actually. And that was us, ultimately. He laid down his life for us and our sin. Actually, it says in the Bible that whilst we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And that's what Jesus did. He laid down his life for us. And so, what's our response to that? Is is to worship him and follow him. And one of the things he asked us to do in that is to love one another as he loved us. It's interesting, isn't it, that actually just later on in John 13, very soon after he's washed their feet, he says, a new command I give to you, love one another as I have loved you, so that you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. And we need to do some practical things this morning to think about how we love and serve one another. And in a minute, Andrew's going to come up and do some notices and talk about how we're going to do that. But the other thing I want us to do this morning is actually, I don't want us just to think about Sunday mornings and how we love and serve one another then. But actually, Jesus said this is one of the ways that actually the world will know that we're his disciples by how we love and serve others. Yesterday was actually the World Random Act of Kindness Day. Um, I don't know if people were aware of that. There's, there's almost a day for everything, it feels like, but it was yesterday was World Random Act of Kindness Day. And I think actually one of the things we can do as, um, as a church and follows you is think about actually how we proactively love both those around us in the church and those in our communities. So before Andrew comes up, I'm going to set us all a little challenge. I'm, and kids, you can be involved in this too. I want us to just, in our little groups, whether that's families or gather with a few people around you, just for a couple of minutes, I want each of you to come up with a way that you can love and serve someone in the next week. And so it could be, um, it could be someone in your family, it could be someone in the church, it could be a neighbour, a friend at school, and I want you just to all decide one thing you're going to do to serve someone this week, which will be a nice act of kindness for them. And then maybe next week, there might be some testimonies of the results of that, both in the main meeting, but also kids you might want to share in your kids' work, actually what you've done as a result. So we're going to do that for a couple of minutes, and then Andrew's going to come up and we're going to carry on from there. So if you just want to chat for two minutes to the people next to you, come up with what you're going to do, and then we'll go from there with Andrew. Andrew.